and welcome back to the Irish Tennis Updates podcast. My name is Adam, your host. This week I am talking to Elsa O'Rean. Elsa has had really successful tennis journey. She competed at three of the four Junior Grand Slams. She played pro tennis for two years, achieving a top singles ranking inside the top 400. She's represented Ireland um, in the Fed Cup for a number of years. And she's also enjoyed great success playing tennis at Harvard University. As well as discussing the highs and lows of Elsa's journey, we also talk about the wider benefits of tennis and how her tennis background has helped her achieve success in the finance world. I really enjoyed talking to Elsa, getting to hear her tennis journey. So let's get into it. Here is Elsa O'Rean. Right, so hi Elsa, a big thanks for, for coming on and talking. Uh, how are things with you at the moment? Good, yeah, thanks. Um, I suppose as, as with everyone else, uh, kind of struggling through and I think everyone's finding this particular lockdown a bit more difficult than the last couple. Um, kind of hard to see the the exit on this one, but um, yeah, definitely in a, in a better position than I think a lot of people are, so can't complain too much. Yeah, no, it's definitely tricky. Um, now I just want to, a few things to touch on and I guess to help uh, to, to take you back a bit to, to, to tennis days. So just to go back to the very start, um, can you, do you have any idea of, of what made you fall in love with tennis? What, what, what was the start of that journey for you? Yeah, um, my family all played. Um, so we were all members in Sundays Elf um, down in Cork. Uh, my parents would both have been quite sporty. Um, my dad would have a, a county medal with the bars here in Cork and my mum would have played or would have skied a bit and would have been into athletics. She's German. So um, it was just kind of a, a natural thing for me to, I was the youngest of four. Um, my, all of my siblings really played. Um, both my elder sister and brother would have played for Munster um, at some stage. So it was just, you know, I practically grew up in the back of the court. Um, so I think it was just almost uh, an opt-out situation rather than an opt-in. And um, it just kind of went from there. Um, I would have then, I suppose, shown a bit of talent when I was younger in Sunday as well. Um, remember my original coach, Greg Morris, under 10s would probably have said that uh, I was destined for, for something else. But um, so it just, it, it just kind of, snowballed from there really um you know went to onto Munster and then you know Ireland and, and so on and so forth and as with most people I think it, it kind of just happened as opposed to being planned yes yeah and obviously as you did grow up a bit and you were, you were still involved in the game and you started to have some some good success kind of at a junior level in in Ireland um I know that like Fitz obviously had some good success um but if you were to look back at some of the overriding memories that you have like some fondest memories from from those junior days playing tennis I don't know. I think, you know, as a junior in Ireland, especially, I'm sure it's still the same. It was um, it was very much all about the summer season and um, playing the tour as it was um, and just kind of traveling from from tournament to tournament, whether it be Sunday's Well or Le McLean, um up in Dublin, obviously, was, was where most of the tournaments are played. And it was just that you'd get to kind of go hang out for the summer, uh, play a lot of tennis and you know, it was very hands off compared to what I'd say it is now with, you know, parents being a, maybe a little bit more protective of, of children. Um, and you kind of, you know, I suppose you, you go through your formative years with a, a group of like-minded peers. And um, for the most part, obviously it was very competitive and you're, you're up there to win and play matches. But for the most part, you kind of spend the rest of the day then hanging out and finding the various shops and that are close to the clubs and, you know, eating all sorts of sweets and things. Um, so I think that was kind of, when I think back about enjoyment wise that would definitely have been 
the, the fun part of, of those tournaments. They're, as you get older, obviously, it gets a lot more serious and a bit more competitive. And you're sort of, uh, from, from a young age up to under 18, you kind of, there'll tend to be two or three people who, who stand out. And then obviously you're, you're very competitive with them and there's a lot of back and forth. And so um, that, that then becomes a bit, you know, you, you become a bit less friendly at the tournaments, a bit more competitive on the court. So I think the, the younger years probably of just really just messing around with the clubs would have been would have been a joy to look back on. And then um, I think as I got older and I got a bit more serious about it, I think, you know, I had a, a good bit of success and obviously that's nice to look back on now and it would have been an enjoyable to experience at the time as well. And like you said, fifth, you know, I'd had a pretty good track record there. Um, I think I didn't win under 12, I won under 14s once and under 16s once and then won the under 18s two years in a row. But uh, like even fifth was, was great fun, you know, there'd be the the kind of players area where you could be playing cards and chess and the shop was there and everything. So um, I just, I kind of remember it of being innocent and sort of uh, a lot more fun than, than I think maybe it is now. Yeah, and then I guess as you do get towards the, the kind of the end of those junior days and you, you get more, more competitive, as you said, and, and having more and more success, I know you do go, and travel obviously and play some international events um you got you know you got had some good success in those events and then you also got to play some of the the junior grand slams so yeah. if you look back at those slams which, which one do you think was which one was the first one you got to play and which one do you think was your favorite played the qualies wimbledon two years in a row but didn't make it into the main draw and then as far as favorite it was definitely the us open that was just a, an unbelievable experience and i think i think i was 17 at the time um, i went over to new york with my mom and um it was just so cool because we were allowed to go into where the senior players were. So like all the, the locker rooms and the food area and everything was was kind of combined. So, you know, you'd be ordering your lunch and Serena Williams would be next to you. And I think as a, as a 17 year old, I was pretty um, overwhelmed by that. And I, I was probably still looking for autographs at that stage rather than thinking I was one of them. So uh, I remember just thinking how cool this is and, you know, how, how much I'd love to be part of that scene. And I think the atmosphere in New York is just incredible as well. Even the junior matches are I played one one of my doubles at night with the floodlights on and you know people get rowdy after a few beers and things like that so uh, I just think even as an adult having been to I've never been to the Australian Open but the other three that New York has always been a special one for me I just think the the atmosphere there is really electric so definitely that was kind of my I suppose my international highlight as a junior yeah would have been with that and um, I actually ended up playing doubles with a girl who I who I reconnected with recently in, in New York while I was living there and we were kind of we won around and um, we were dining out on the on the glory of that. So, yeah, I think internationally that was definitely the, the highlight of my junior career. Yeah, the US. Yeah. 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 And then you mentioned kind of, I guess, the, the that experience of being there and the atmosphere of being at a Grand Slam. Um, just, just to jump forward a little bit. Um, so I guess when you would have then gone on to play pro tennis, how different was that? Like, do you think, think it was tricky having had the experience of, of, of Grand Slam try, trying to go to the futures events where there's probably nobody there and, and, and do yeah. it? It's such a different kind of tennis uh, I'd never really thought about it like that now until you say it so um so not really um I think I think I think you I think I knew New York was special and it was kind of not to be repeated in a way maybe I mean the French Open qualies they had us out in some um horrible uh, spite you know miles away from the French Open so that was that was no joy really Wimbledon was similar we were out in Roehampton I think we didn't actually get to play in the in the club itself um so again it was literally only the us open where you were on site um as a junior so i think i kind of knew that was just a once-off special sort of event and then so i did my leaving in 2001 i think it was and so i would have actually taken time off to, to study and i wasn't really playing and so i think then that's 
when I did my leaving, I came back and, and I went on the tour full time. I kind of was coming back from nothing in a way. So I had no sort of um, expectations and I knew it was going to be a tough slog. So it was more just, a, I suppose, the first few tournaments back on the pro tour were more just a, a kind of a, a curious experience as opposed to anything. Um, but it certainly wasn't. It wasn't. You, yeah, I suppose it wasn't a disappointment because I wasn't really expecting anything. It was probably more of a disappointment my a disappointment my second year when um, I was going back to the same tournaments I'd been at the year before. That was when it was was tough to kind of reconcile myself with. Well, why am I, you know, one level higher? Why am I up where I thought I might be? Which, in hindsight, was was incredibly tough on myself. Certainly, looking for too much too quickly. But yeah, I think the, the first year definitely was still a novelty, and everything was an excitement. Yeah. So now in terms of pro tennis, what, what do you think was was the toughest thing about that life that maybe you didn't expect or what did you find as, as a biggest challenge? Yeah, it's incredibly tough. Just so lonely, you know, and you're week in, week out, packing your bag for the most part. So I would have played two full years really pro. And for the most part, you're on your own, you know, for every week. You're you're also on your own from Ireland so I would have played a lot of tournaments in the UK and um, obviously I've gotten to know a lot of the British girls very well you know it's a small enough community but playing a lot of those as the only Irish person um, at times was tough because it's hard even to, to share that some of the best tournaments then I would have enjoyed or played would have been when Yvonne was there and Claire and Karen Nugent and even sometimes we had Owen Casey or um, you know the tennis Ireland paid for him to come over for, for a few tournaments and, and that was just a different completely different experience where you almost feel like you're part of a team and the bonding is great. And, you know, the, there's such a level of support, people watching your matches, people scouting your opponents. That was, it was kind of night and day really as to, to how one could enjoy the tour. And I was always very jealous of the British girls because, you know, the funding they had obviously from, from Wimbledon, the, the purse they have and the, the, the resources they were given. And I remember we'd all be kind of griping saying, God, you know, we're better than most of these girls and, and they're getting paid, you know, funded 10 times more than we ever would but maybe that made us better I don't know or, or tougher anyway but yeah the, the loneliness is hard and then like now I don't know what it would be like but even booking flights back then was practically you know you the internet was there obviously but uh, it certainly wasn't Skyscanner you know it was it was, um, it was a lot more complicated a lot more expensive a lot less options same with booking hotels and things you know I, I think it's probably a lot easier now or even Airbnb would have been a huge bonus to have that kind of facility so I think yeah I think loneliness and then you know losing when you're alone as well it's, it's not a great place to be uh you know you're, you're going back to your hotel room and you you've nobody to talk to and again we we had mobile phones not the stone age but you wouldn't exactly be whatsapping or you know video calling it would have been texts and and very little you know voice interaction so I think that the, the real tough part was the loneliness there yeah yeah and I guess to go back a little bit, so as, as you're growing up and I guess you have kind of Fed Cup aspirations and you have a good success, what was the kind of the, the Irish tennis scene at that point in terms of other people just older than you having success and like how, how was that looking? Yeah, I think I was pretty lucky actually when I sort of matured into seniors. Um, there was a good group of girls. Like Yvonne Doyle had come back from the USD, I think she was at, yeah. And uh, she, she had kind of, I think she had been injured when she came back from college, but she was just getting going again on the tour I think she had just won a 25k when I did my leaving Gina Nyland was just kind of retiring but still very much a, a dominant force nationally on the um, in circuit Claire Kern had just graduated from Berkeley and was starting to tour again uh, and Karen Nugent was kind of 
she had she had been injured and and come back and had been injured again but was again similar to me kind of just starting back out and so and also Kelly Ligon was around Kelly kind of played most of her tennis down in Spain but would have been herself and Yvonne would have kind of been vying for the top spot um for most of the time while I was touring so we had we had a great sense of depth and you know um it was nice to have the kind of competition at the very top level and uh you know it was it was nice to be able to kind of learn from their experiences and kind of have I suppose I was the, the young one and um, they, they didn't, uh, I suppose they didn't mind giving me a bit of their kind of experience and, and uh, helping me out in that way. But at the same time, you know, we were all very competitive. So there, there probably wasn't, um, there wasn't giving away too many secrets. They weren't giving away too many secrets. But um, I think having those people at the time when I started playing was huge because, I mean, I couldn't have, I can't imagine what it would have been like without having those girls around, whether it be training back at home I was training a bit with Owen Casey and he was helping Yvonne as well at the same time and we'd hit together and that would be great and then like Claire and myself were very close and when we were away we would often kind of play doubles together and and train together Um, I trained with her a little bit then in in London because she had moved there it's funny because I think when I played my first Fed Cup I was sort of overawed by 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 everyone Um, I roomed with Gina which was great because she was such a but an easy person to talk to and you know she made me feel so comfortable and I think from then on I felt like I was part of the gang and I was kind of accepted into into the team so to speak so I felt very comfortable then around them even though there there was an age gap of between myself and some of the some of the players more than others yeah I, I don't know what it would have been like if they hadn't been there to be honest it would have been I don't think I would have played another year because um it would have been just far more lonely and, and tougher yeah so it was, it was excellent that they were there yeah, yeah. And I guess that brings me on. I'm just interested to ask a little bit about Fed Cup that you mentioned. Yeah. So, as growing up, how big a thing was that? I guess you had those those girls ahead of you who, who were playing. How big a, a kind of a goal was that for you as you as you were a junior? Yeah, I suppose it's huge because, I mean, I suppose in tennis, really, apart from the Olympics, it's the only chance you get to, to kind of represent your country. It's something that growing up, you know, in Cork or in Munster, very few women had played Fed Cup. I know I'm going to forget people now, but I, obviously Gina has incredible Fed Cup uh, career. Fiona Long, who coached me briefly when I, when I was young from Limerick Lawn, um, played Fed Cup. I know others, Emma Murphy and Aoife O'Neill, have played since, including myself. Um, but we didn't have a huge group of women who had played it, so it was kind of a real achievement for me to be able to say that I had. And I think, uh, yeah, I, I suppose when I was very young, that might have been considered kind of like a, a potential pin- pinnacle of your career. Um, obviously, as I got a bit older and got better and and the sort of pro tour took off I realized that maybe it, it isn't the pinnacle of my career and you know there's there's things on the individual individual side that would probably outclips what I would consider um successes on the Fed Cup side but uh it was still it was it was a huge achievement really and um something I'm very I'm very proud of especially I think proud that we you know we were the I was part of the team the year we got promoted in Pretoria which I think was the the first time we'd been promoted from group two up to group one again myself Claire Kelly and Yvonne and, and Owen was the coach and um it had just come kind of at the end of the year where we'd been touring together and having a lot of good success myself um and the girls and uh yeah that was a huge achievement to be able to say that that we we'd actually uh, been promoted because the other years we we had played it had been God, it was just so frustrating every time. It felt like we were right at the end and, you know, in the last match and it would come down to the, the crucial rubber and we'd lose. And it was just this constant sort of, are we going to be left at the altar um, every time? But 
Pretoria was just, we were so in sync and we all played so well and there was no doubt that we were all going to get promoted. So uh, that was a real achievement, at least when I think back on my own career and um, that I was kind of part of that team. Yeah. So I guess how different was that for you? If you're playing in an Ireland shirt, is that just a, you know, a different feeling altogether than, than playing in a, a futures event for yourself? It is and it isn't because I think when you're while you're there for the week, you it's completely different, right? There's a lot more camaraderie and fun and you know, you're rooming with someone and there's four of you there and, and the coach and and it's a lot more relaxed. But at the same time, when you go out on the court, it's still back down to you whether you're you're singled or doubled. So it's funny, it's a funny sport, and I suppose I noticed that in college tennis as well, where there very much is that team environment, but at the same time at the end of the day, as they say, you, it's back to you on the court. Um, so in some ways, there's no way of getting a, around the fact that tennis is so individual. But at the same time, you know, the team aspect is so rare that the Fed Cup really was. Until I'd gone to college, my only experience of, of sharing it with, with other people. And uh, just it, it was a real joy, you know, and something I wish that there was more of. You know, you mentioned college tennis there. So it was, and you went to you got, you went to Harvard and had a lot of success there right now. So was that something that you did after your pro uh, days? Yeah. So in my mind, I think going to Harvard was kind of a retirement from tennis in a way. So I went. So I played two years full time, and I went to Harvard then that autumn. But really, the decision I had made the decision kind of that that winter, maybe December, January, and it kind of all all came back to. My first year on the tour, I had the most incredible year and um, most incredible sort of experiences. And I did really well and I was in a great place physically and mentally. And I was, you know, I achieved way more than I thought I was going to. I think I was top 400 by the end of the 12 months. And I was, you know, yeah. just really proud of how well I had done. And then, as I'm sure you know, uh, once the kind of clock starts then on your your second 12 months, you're obviously defending points um, automatically from the year before. And then suddenly you have this added pressure on your back that you didn't have the first year you're there. And I made a mistake, probably in hindsight. And, and I wish someone had kind of sat me down and said, you're, doing, you're going about this the wrong way. But I went back to defend points as opposed to moving on to try and play bigger tournaments and, and win more points at, at a higher level. I was kind of too scared to take the leap to go up to the 25s and the 50s. And in hindsight, if, at least if I'd done that and flamed out, um, that would have been that. And I'd have known straight away but I went back and I was still doing well at these 10s and 25s, but not, not progressing. And I think that was when I realized this is not for me. I don't want to be playing these same tournaments, um, three or four or five for some people play them, you know, 15 years in a row. That wasn't going to be enough for me. So I kind of made a decision then that the year previously, I had been contacted by the Harvard coach through, through an old friend of mine, Jenny Timoney, who, who was a great junior player as well from Selbridge um, in Kildare who had gone to Harvard and um, he had approached me the year previously and I said no I'm playing full-time I have no interest and then I, I remembered that conversation and so I decided I'd reach out to him see if there was still would still be a spot the following year and uh, thankfully there was so for me getting that spot and all it entailed was kind of like my natural retirement from from the pro tour I suppose I kind of went to Harvard then using the tennis as opposed to for the tennis I probably have a, a bit of a different view on college tennis than maybe some Irish players would I know some players go straight in from secondary school and and that that's their next step onto the pro tour and whatnot mine was mine was just certainly in reverse it was um it was more of a retirement from the pro tour um but the college tennis scene is so interesting um and the team aspect you know like mentioning in the Fed Cup it sort of created a I wouldn't say a new love because I hadn't fallen out of love per se with tennis but 
a new interest for me in tennis uh, while I was there. And, you know, I played a lot more actually than I thought I would. I kind of thought I'd get there and maybe not play much at all, to be honest. But I actually, the, the team were so great and the girls were so much fun that I just, I kept playing and um, actually ended up having a, a bit of success there too. But that wasn't really... It wasn't my intention, I suppose, but it was, an, it was, it was a nice bonus. Yeah, so from those years, well, what, 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 what are a couple of your, your kind of proudest moments from, from college tennis? I was very proud to be a co-captain my junior year. And that same year then, I, was, uh, I had a very good doubles uh, partner. We had a, um, a great season and we ended up being ranked number two nationally. Um, we were all Americans, which is a pretty rare feat for someone from Harvard. So we're up, at, we're up on a banner. I think there are about four names up on this giant banner full of, uh, that could fill about 250. So they'll be waiting a while to fill it up. But um, that was a nice achievement. We won Ivies all the years I was there, but that was kind of to be expected. So in a way that was just avoiding, avoiding defeats rather than um, anything super. Um, we were top 10 my sophomore year. Um, we had a really, really strong team, but we never quite lived up to, to expectations so that was a bit disappointing but yeah I think I think I mean college tennis is, is this unbelievable machine that they have over there where the money they have the facilities they have I was my mind was sort of blown to be honest when I got there that these kind of facilities exist in in a college state when you think about Ireland and and to a certain extent the UK I know they're far better than we are here that was kind of um that was fascinating to see, you know, that whole system, the, the NCAA system for all the sports and, and how much they put into it and how much they get out of it. You know, it's a fantastic um, system. So that's kind of, I wouldn't have gone over there expecting much on, on the sports side, but actually enjoyed, enjoyed it completely. So it was just a, an incredible experience. Yeah. So when you finish up in Harvard, then you obviously have had some good success. Were there any thoughts of, of trying pro again or what did you do after that? No, no interest whatsoever. Um, I think I, I knew temperamental wise that the tour wasn't going to be for me. I think in a way it was almost that I had other options was my downfall, that I could do other things and it wasn't the all and end all. And tennis people on the tour have a very, um, very, very boring life and that you could, your day could be over by 10.30 and then what are you supposed to do for the rest of the day? Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to warm, you know, play a practice set or I'm going to go to the gym or you know, it's a, there are long, long days on the tour where you have absolutely nothing to do and that's kind of soul destroying. So I think I'm the kind of person who needed things to do. And so I, I knew I'd never want to go back to that kind of nomadic lifestyle. And I also, not that it would have changed my mind, but I, I did just have a, a, a bad enough injury in my junior year. I tore my meniscus playing and so I was never quite as... Um, agile as, as I once was so um, that kind of that sort of bothered me ever since really that I've never really been fully fit again it was it, it never really healed and then I probably went back too soon and so on so again that probably would have stopped me if I wanted to but um, no I, I knew um, I knew I was on on my uh, on my way to a different career at that stage yeah and just to jump forward a little bit again um, I know that you did get to play some more tennis you got to play in the, the USTA the national team championships a, a few years after that and that's not something that I've heard of so would you mind just telling me a little bit about that setup and then how it was for you yeah so it's it's um it was relatively new anyway when we were there we I played two years in a row we we lost in the finals my first year and we won at second year and it was out in, in Vegas and they kind of hosted the various clubs for a weekend I think it was a long weekend once a year I don't know what I don't know what it's like now but um it was very much ex-college tennis players um or ex-pro players who were kind of hanging around and 
and it was kind of Nyack is this um, unbelievably beautiful club in New York, um, very kind of old and and elite. And to be honest, I, I used the tennis to to gain membership. Um, that's what I wanted to 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 get in to to use their clubhouse, which was overlooking Central Park in Manhattan. This beautiful old building. But there, we had a very strong team. And I knew I knew a lot of girls from the Ivy League. Like a lot of girls from Penn and Princeton would end up in the financial world in New York. So we kind of all knew each other. And so it was a joy to go out there to Vegas for the few days. And, and we obviously would have been training in New York a bit, but there was no sort of build up to get to nationals. It was really just, these are the top teams and we're going to play off now in nationals. Yeah. Yeah. And just to, to, to jump forward a bit again. So at this, at this stage, what, what, what's kind of your relationship with tennis and what are you doing these days? And how do you think tennis has, has, has impacted what you're doing these days, even if it's not in tennis? Yeah, so I'm not playing any at the moment. I do have plans to play, but um, I had a, a baby girl in the summer of 2019, so um, hadn't really been playing up for the for the nine months up to that. And then um, I I suppose it's in my mind to go back, but obviously with the pandemic and whatnot, there the optionality isn't really there at the moment. I've also moved home to Cork finally from Dublin. So whereas I was playing with Riverview a bit before I had I had my baby, um, I haven't sort of rejoined a club in Cork because we moved and, and I had the baby and everything closed since then. So I think I will go back. We'll see uh, in what sort of capacity, whether it's kind of very social or or back to um, any kind of level. I I do notice um, on the grapevine, you know, some players my age playing bets and things. I never thought I'd be of the age group that would, ha- would, would be playing bets, but I suppose even Roger Federer is a vet. So I'll take some solace from that. I'm playing a bit of golf instead, which has been fun actually played a couple of rounds of golf with Karen Nugent while I was still in Dublin. So it was great to, to get out with her and kind of nice to be able to, to play another sport with someone who understands, I suppose, a sport from a competitive nature. So I think to, to be decided as to whether I'm ever really back into the tennis scene, um, it'd be a shame not to, I suppose. And obviously I'd, I'd want my, my, um, my daughter to, to get involved at some stage, but ho- hopefully not to the same extent as maybe I was. And then just with regards to how tennis has, has shaped me, I suppose it probably makes up a, a huge amount of my of my DNA. I've been playing really since the age of five and competitive from a very early age. And I suppose when I kind of was trying to think back on my career for this, I was thinking, you know, obviously a lot of pros and cons to, to my career. And, and when I think about the pros, I think, well, my, my second career, when I think about it, I, I work in finance now and investments and and to date have been um, quite successful and I'm very happy with where I am. And I think I've learned so much from tennis that I can apply to that. I think the amount of pressure we're under on the tennis court, I think, you know, it's such an individual sport, like I mentioned, and, uh, you know, you're you're constantly problem solving and it's, it's sort of second by second, but not minute by minute. And, and my first job out of college was in a hedge fund in New York. And it was just when the financial crisis was, was really reaching its peak in September 07. And, and you'd be on the, the phone listening to traders, you know, buying and selling shares and, and people literally shouting down the phone at, uh, at brokers and things. And I just remember thinking, oh, this is all right. This isn't uh, too stressful. You know, I can handle this. And I think if you can handle, you know, playing competitive tennis, you're well able to kind of handle pressure of, of a corporate world. And there's very little that would fluster me. I'm not saying there's anything that would stymie me, but I certainly think I have a good sense of kind of how to, to work through a problem, so to say. I think as well, you know, tennis is a tough sport. Like you go in every week and one person wins and everybody else is a loser. 
and you do that week by week by week for you know decades and 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 you, your last tally is certainly going to, to grow so I think you have to learn either very quickly how to cope with the losses and, and get past it or else it's not the game for you so um, I certainly as a, as a young young child would have struggled to to kind of accept loss and I would have been very very competitive and had a temper to kind of show it so I think over time I got better at using losses and seeing them as maybe chances to improve and, and win the next time and so I think again the sense of adversity and resilience you get from that can only be a good thing um, later in my career you know uh, there's very little that kind of whether it's a, an investment that goes bad or, or a bad trade you know I just move on and, and or I have the ability to move on mentally things don't really hang around my neck so much um, which is I think a good quality and I think then from the tour and stuff like at the age of 18 and 19, I suppose I was my own manager. Obviously, I had a huge amount of support from my family and also my friends and, and coaches and things. But you're kind of when you're out there, you, you are your own person and you're booking your course and you're showing up on time. And there's a lot of responsibility to do that. And I think time management has to be excellent because if you're late, you get defaulted. You know, you, you'll get on your practice court. So there's a lot of kind of... Uh, things that are applicable to the business world from that as well I think where where I've definitely learned a lot from my tennis career so I mean I'm sure there are way more things that I'm, I'm probably not thinking of but I certainly think it's, it's shaped me as a, as a person the tennis career I definitely think it's, it's mostly been positive I hope it's mostly been positive yeah you know I, th- I think that's great because like you do see that that a lot of people who are in tennis they go on to have great success in other areas of life like it just really does develop you know great good people and good skills through, through, yeah. through playing tennis yeah, I think there's a big element of problem solving, isn't there, where you're, you know, point by point, every shot is different, every opponent is different, like literally from game to game, they serve here, they serve there, they serve, you know, like there's, there's a myriad of, of options to each point. And so I'd love to kind of know what the, the, the computing function of our brains is like when you're on the court. I mean, it must be, it must be incredible, the, the sort of um, ability to, to game everything. And I suppose that can only really be good, for, be good for the grey the gray brain cell matter you know it, it has to be educational so i do think yeah tennis is a is a real good sport for for any standard for the to get the kind of the thought process going you know yeah absolutely absolutely now i think also uh, i want to move into a quick fire round and um, really appreciate the time and, and getting these and um, talking so far i just want to move into a bit of a quick fire round and um, so sure. a few questions quick questions quick answers and uh okay. ready yep all right uh serve or return uh serve uh, forehand or backhand? Backhand down the line. Good answer. Uh, fa- favorite surface? Um, grass. Your favorite tournament to watch? I think U.S. Open. Yeah. And favorite tournament to play? Again, U.S. Open. Play lets or don't play lets? Uh, yeah, play lets. Yeah. Yeah, and long juice or short juice? Uh, long juice. A warm up on course before the match or not? Yeah, you have to have that. Um, and one piece of advice you would give to junior uh, players in tennis at the moment what piece of advice I suppose I've obviously knowing I was coming on here have been thinking about my own junior tennis days and I think when I think back I probably was incredibly hard on myself and probably didn't appreciate just how much I was doing um, at the time and how proud I should have been of myself and I think it's very hard when you're and I mean, it's the same when we're adults, but it's very hard when you're a junior to understand how insignificant most of this will be to the rest of your life. 
in some ways, but also how important it will be. So I think it's you need to kind of try and see the bigger picture in a lot of ways. Try not to take everything match by match or you know day by day. Try and think, okay, well, in twenty years, you know, what's this going to mean for me, and what can I get out of it? I mean, it's going to be different for each player if they're if they're incredibly talented. They're going to want different things if they're a journey person, then that's that's a, another question. So. I think you kind of need to be honest with yourself about what you want to get out of tennis and then what other kind of co-benefits you can get from it. There are lots of things I wish I had done differently, maybe, or to maximize kind of exposure or networking or even um, just experiences while I was playing that I was too sort of narrow minded and focused on on the actual just tennis itself. I think there's a lot of sort of life learning um, to be done as a junior. It's hard to kind of it's hard to see it when you're there because of course it's all about results um but it shouldn't be it should be more about the journey and about long term it, it really doesn't matter whether you've you've won this tournament or not you know you, you've you've decades more of your life ahead of you so try and try and try and focus on the things that are actually going to kind of change you as a person or influence you as a person and, and try and take the positives out of everything you do because trust me i you know as a junior i suppose i would have been very hard on myself and not seen the successes for what they were and now looking back I think god you know I should be nicer to myself and I should have you know celebrated my victories a bit more and ignored the losses much more and you know what you're doing is very special not many people are able to play tennis to the level of you know the nationally ranked players and things like that so so just be proud of your achievements and and try to be more positive and, and have a more positive outlook really good really good and just finally what's your favorite thing about tennis I suppose it's a it's a sport you can play really until well I know I'm not the, the proof in the pudding here but uh, it's a sport you can play until you're you know 100. It's something I think is a very social sport once you take out the competitive sort of high level nature of it. I think you know we kind of things like that show that it can be good fun and there's a lot of camaraderie around it. I like that. Yeah, I like that it's you know you can be your own person. Obviously, it's individual, so you're you're responsible for your own side of the court but at the same time you can share that with others and I do think that the fact that you can play until you're you're 100 is, is an excellent sort of um bonus feature yeah I think that would probably be my my main thing yeah absolutely absolutely and um, now also I think we'll, we'll leave it there uh, a big thanks again for for coming on to, to talk I appreciate you yeah. you thinking back and to, to your tennis days and, and going through it all it, it was great to no. hear so a big it's thanks a total pleasure. yeah and um if you wouldn't mind would you would I be allowed kind of just say thanks to a few people Oh, yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So um, so when I was growing up, I suppose, you know, when any child is growing up in their sports, they kind of always want to, to have the speeches ready for when they win their Grand Slam and um, their first Grand Slam. So I had, a, you know, my list ready of people who were who I was going to say, well, I told you so. And then I, I had a list ready of people I obviously wanted to thank for my career. And I suppose the way I kind of bowed out, I never really got to say thanks to a few people who I knew would have helped me along the way. And whether they listen or not, I suppose the, the, the biggest you know influence in my life would have been on my tennis career would have been my parents who obviously got me started but um would have supported me completely throughout my career and and there was never a time where they said no or they stopped what I wanted to do and very very supportive and then I also would like to to say thanks to my siblings and I suppose apologize at the same time for for being the tennis sister who they all had to put up with um growing up I know it wasn't easy so I am very appreciative and there's a huge amount of people in Irish tennis you know, on the volunteer side and on the club side who probably don't get any kudos for what they do for the sport. And 
I think looking back now, I can see that um, I certainly wasn't appreciative as a junior, um, I'm sure. So I would like to, to thank everyone who kind of volunteers in the, the Tennis Ireland capacity for what they do. I think it's a credit to them. And uh, I think there are a lot of great coaches working in Irish tennis. Um, I know I certainly had my fair share, like from, like I said, Greg Morris under 10 and in Sunday as well, on to, um, you know, Ty Glam was a, was a coach of mine for a long time and uh, an exceptionally exceptionally um good coach and just probably ahead of his time when he as far as kind of understanding the game and, and reading and and learning and then Owen Casey you know and I worked together for a couple of years and, and again Owen I think you, you spoke with Owen on the podcast but just such a sharp brain with regards to to match play and sort of opened my eyes to the world of, of tactics and, and how to play the game to another level so all of those people and and numerous numerous others have gotten me to where I am today, which is in an incredibly privileged and, and successful and happy place. So I appreciate you, you letting me um, thank them. So um, I just hope they all know that I'm, I'm very grateful. Really good, brilliant. Uh, you know, big thanks again for talking and, and all the best with, with things going forward. Um, with, with, if you get back to tennis with that or, or if not, yeah. um, all the best, all the same. And, and maybe we'll see, we'll see your daughter in a few years time. Maybe. Yeah. Um, <laughs> maybe. And uh, well done to you again for for doing this. I think it's fantastic. And I, I know I said it offline, but if I had had something similar when I was playing, um, I would have been thrilled. So I think I'm sure the players are delighted you're doing it. So um, very well done and keep it up. A big thanks once again to Elsa for coming on, for her time, for sharing her tennis journey. I really enjoyed getting those insights. And I just really do enjoy uh, hearing everybody's, all these different tennis journeys that there are and what tennis means to so many different people and um, i really enjoy getting those insights so a big thanks to elsa and thank you for listening to this episode of the podcast if you did enjoy it please consider liking it leaving a comment or review and sharing it around to anybody else that you think might also enjoy it that is very much appreciated until next week i've been adam and goodbye <laughs>